Hi. 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 Uh, oh, yeah. don't start with that. Uh... You didn't get your paper. Well, I can get my paper. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hi, everyone. I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. And I don't have my paper, but I can yeah, fix it. Yeah, and that. we don't have Grandpa today, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, we should, well, we should probably tell everybody why Grandpa's not well, here. Well, first, we need to do my intro. We need to do the That's intro. important. Yeah. Do that. Uh, in- <laughs> welcome to the 1970 Academy Awards. I said 1970 last time and didn't edit it back, but this time I mean it. <laughs> I... We take a look at... And the name of our podcast is... If I Ran the Oscars. That's right. Where we look at one film from every year the Oscars was on TV, and this time, the first time broadcast via satellite. Ooh. Ooh uh, fancy. And one film, we look at what it won for, and we take a look at three other random categories, so we get a full film-watching experience. And, and our, our films are always selected at random. That's how we dodged, you know... That we dodge other films. We've dodged some very good films. For mm-hmm. instance, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That was a good mm-hmm. film. Or Midnight Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Which this I did year. Watch. Or True Grit with John Wayne. Hey, mm-hmm. I saw Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid at a theater when it came out. Wow. That. Or wow. They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Which had a lot of people in it. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't watch that one. I Maggie Smith, the prime of Miss Jean, Jean, Jean Brody. Brody. Yeah. Oh, Maggie Smith, she's good. Yeah. But this one, we got a film that only won in one category, and therefore was a low chance to get. But I'm glad we did. This is very similar to when we hit that musical that is basically impossible to find. Oh, Porgy and Bess. Yeah. Well, because there are no copies of it. Yeah, where if we hadn't have randomly selected it, I don't think we'd talk about it. That's correct. Well, we should, really quickly, we have to say... Everything's okay with Grandpa. Correct. And the film that got selected happens to be a foreign language film. In fact, those of you who have been paying attention and going, well, there are some foreign language films that they're going to talk about, right? Like the 2020 Best Picture winner. Sure. uh, Which was a foreign language film. This is the first foreign language film to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. It's called Z. Just the letter Z. Just the letter Z. Well, I want to explain to people why Grandpa isn't here. Because this, I feel like it's one of those it, where... Yeah, it's a foreign language film, and... Grandpa has vision issues. Because he's a grandpa. Because... This happens. Well, it happens to be just his issue in life. Yeah. And because the film is not overdubbed in English, it's with subtitles in English, There, he decided that he wasn't really going to be able to enjoy the film. He wasn't going to be able to understand what they were saying. So he would just sit this one out. Yeah. So, so Grandpa's okay. Yep, he's But fine. he's just sitting one out. As someone who has uh, watched the, his fair share of anime, the process of subtitles versus overdubbing is hit or miss. But in general, if you want to get the full original experience, you have to watch it with subtitles. Because inflection of voices matters a lot more than understanding it in English. I think, I think I agree. that's true. Yeah. Uh, my biggest example of that one is a film which isn't necessarily an anime per se, but it's very Japanese uh, because it's Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, a film made based off of a video game. Okay, I have no idea what it's talking about. Okay, <laughs> but there's points in there where the English overdub it doesn't time necessarily. Of course, it doesn't time with the mouth movements. Sure. But it doesn't time with the hand gesture. Ooh. Like, mm. there's a guy who is mm. uh, doing this big speech, 
and it's to brainwashed children who are about to be brainwashed by the earth that is trying to poison the people that are poisoning it. It's a long story. I think I'm remembering that correctly. But anyways, he's like doing big grand hand gestures where it's like you zoom in a little bit as he puts his arms up and it's supposed to be like, this is where he said the emphasis. big word, the, the big emphasis. Mm-hmm. But the it's in English, it's where the sentence like has a little downturn in inflection. So it completely and, doesn't work with the gesture. Yeah, and the sentence is going a little bit down because he's ending a sentence. Oh. Yeah. And things like that where sometimes you get really good dubs of things. <laughs> like, I grump all... I People grump all they want, but I really like Full Metal Alchemist uh, stuff because they do a really good job of that and I would not trade uh, Death of Major Hughes for anything. And I'm sorry that you don't know what I'm talking about. But I don't. <laughs> it's... It's one of the few moments I uh, watching things where even though I know what's coming, it still makes me get emotional because it's real. They they do a real good job of making it sad. Mm-hmm. Boy, howdy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but back to this and dub a, the subtitling here. I don't think there was an English dub version. I would not have them to. We found this on Amazon Prime, yeah, def- not at our local library. Definitely looked for it at the library. I'm not surprised it wasn't. Correct. Uh, this one, normally this is the part where I launch into all of the amazing actors and actresses and producers and things that worked on this film that you all should recognize. And there's not really any, because none of these guys were... you know, Unless you're into foreign films. Unless you're into foreign maybe. films. Yeah. But none of because these guys were like... Or Greek, French. There were several yeah. of the lead actors that that had a good body of work in in French cinematography. Yeah, but this yeah. wasn't like the biggest French star of American cinema. Mm-hmm. This right. was the biggest French star of French cinema, right. as it were. Right. Uh, the director, I suppose, we should talk about him because he's done a couple of things, and I uh, this film in particular. Uh, uh, he got the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film for this one, mm-hmm. which is not usually part of our categories, and therefore it had to win for something else, which we'll get to. Nominated for directing. Yeah, nominated for director and best picture. And a film by the name of Missing, which is an American biographical drama film uh, based on the disappearance of American journalist Charles Horman, the aftermath of the United States-backed Chilean coup of 1973. So this guy stars Jack Lemmon. So this guy also, this director liked political, yeah. historical. For things. that film, we might be seeing that again because that got the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay, hmm. as well as the Palme d'Or. Those of you who are that's like the golden something. Those of you who uh, stick your nose up slightly higher about films will know that as the highest prize of the Cannes Film Festival. Ah. So also kind of a big deal. Most of his films were made in French. Six were made in the English language. And okay. Missing, I believe, is one of them because it appears to be mostly English-speaking people in that. All right. So All right. that guy's done some stuff. Jean-Louis Trintignant. Trintignant? Okay, his French is non-existent. Ha-han French. <laughs> uh, he won the Best Actor Award at Cannes in 1969, I suspect, for this film. Okay. Uh, he also won the Best Actor Award at the... César Awards, which is the French Academy, Academy mm-hmm. in 2013. Wow. 
So this guy has been working. He's done for 50, a lot of stuff. Sixty years. If you're going to be a French film student, you're mm-hmm. probably going to know about this guy. And you're going to then email us and tell us how bad we butchered his name. Yes, and we're sorry. We apologize. So watching, he was the investigator, right? He was the investigator. The magistrate. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the magistrate. The magistrate. Mm-hmm. I an analog of Christos Sartzitakis. That one is less confusing. I think I got that one right. Who later served as president of Greece from 1985 to 1990. Hmm. So, so he was like hmm. the Ronald Reagan there? I suppose like so. went from film to now, politics? often when we watch have watched films for the previous podcast especially, uh, I'm remembering specifically the movie about Mark Felt. Okay. And... Other ones where they've been about real people, and I've looked up the real people, and they did a good job of making him look like the real person. This does not look like the French guy. Oh. <laughs> not so good of a job on making him look like the French guy. I don't know. Everybody goes home yeah. happy. Uh, so, on top of other awards... The people at home could not see that. No, they could not. You're going to have to take my word on it that he didn't... That the Actor. president of Greece did not look French. <laughs> Uh, this film, on top of the Academy Awards it was nominated or won for, Jury Prize at Cannes, mm-hmm. BAFTA for Best Film Music, which interesting. is interesting, and we may have to talk about it, mm-hmm. and the Golden Globe for Best Film, Foreign Film. However, they refused the award because the film was excluded from the Best Motion Picture Drama category. Hmm. Huh. Which, so it was being kind of stuffy. I mean, once you get nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards, you kind of feel like you deserve to have other people give a crap. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to be there. There's got to be reasons for that, that we don't understand, because that's not our job. So, the film We are the Academy, after all. Yeah. We are not. The film is a... We are, if we ran the Oscars. (laughs) In our own living room. Yeah. So, the film is fairly based. It's not loosely based. It's Mm -hmm. uh, thinly veiled... Uh, allegory or something for the assassination and aftermath of Gregoris Lambracus, who died May 1963. He was a track and field athlete, uh, held the Greek record for long jump for 23 years, several gold medals at the Balkan Games, and competed in the men's long jump and triple jump in the 1936 Olympics. They call him Olympic champion. He was an Olympic athlete and a champion, though not necessarily both. Uh, at the same time. Not both at the same He was not champion at the Olympics. He actively participated in the Greek resistance during Axis occupation in World War II, which may have uh, contributed to his later political activism. Mm-hmm. He set up, in 1943, he set up regular athletic competitions and use the revenue to fund public food banks. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. So, you know, celebrities using celebrity to... Help the community. Help the community. I'm okay with this. Continue. Right, right, right. After World War II, he finished medical studies and worked as a lecturer in the Department of Gynecology. All right. As you do when you're a sportsman and you're looking for something to specialize in. I don't know that <laughs> that's necessarily a... Usually that would be more like orthopedics. Yeah. Or uh, something. But he had, was strongly opposed to the Vietnam War, as was, I think, a significant population of the United States at the time. Well, a certain segment of the population, yeah. that's for certain. And 
He acted politically from the United Democratic Left, the only legal left-wing political party in the country after the Greek Civil War, which ended in 49, and until the fall of the Greek military junta, which happened shortly after the the events of this film. Right. I mean, I think there was probably a, a, an extreme military presence in Greece, but I'm not... A, a good Greek history, yeah. 20th century scholar. Yeah, we would have to look up more, though, as the film presents it, and as this one guy's Wikipedia page presents it, he tried to, he was leading a call for pacifism, which mm-hmm. is farther past, there's too much military. Mm-hmm. It's gone past, we need the right amount of military yeah. to, there is, we should have no military. Yeah. So, right. Right. I can see why the people of the country would not be exactly all on board with this guy. Mm-hmm. Some of them for sure, especially if the police are kind of having a police day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, uh, he got assassinated, in fact, in the way that it was in the movie. Right. Uh, since this one's hard to find, I think we, and because it's based on a real life thing, we can talk about part of this. Sure. Uh, two dudes with unpronounceable Greek names, well, unpronounceable to you. <laughs> I'm my, sorry, I'm not Greek my or French. <laughs> well, you might uh, be a little French. A little French. Uh, they drove a three-wheeled truck past him and bonked him on the head. It was not pretty. And then in, they lied about it. In plain view of a large number of people and allegedly some police. He, they were arrested because of the reaction of a bystander named Tiger. See? Just like in the movie, who jumped on their vehicle and fought with them. So, that was interesting right there i think that the the um the way the film portrayed you know this massive government cover-up which makes you think that there's nothing new under the sun not really you know, this happened during you know queen elizabeth the first in the spanish armada mm, big government cover-up yeah wasn't as mm-hmm. don't believe everything you read in your history well, books blame kids. the main on spain oh my goodness they were so, kind of slow to get to the government cover-up uh I thought the investigation component worked well. Mm-hmm. It did. It did. It, it wasn't like he had the suspicion and was, you know, targeting the end of the movie, early in the movie. And there, which sometimes you see. Yeah. He No, he was going about an investigative procedure without preconceived ideas. I thought that was pretty well portrayed. It mm-hmm. seemed well paced in the vein of, like, Law and Order, mm-hmm. where you have to build up the evidence and you can't start jumping to conclusions. Yeah. And the only reason it took a while is because we had to establish who this guy was and that he was dead. Yeah. Because he didn't die right away. Right. Well, and we I think we also had to establish that we were going to trust the magistrate mm-hmm. to yeah. be a straight yeah. shooter. Right. And then we had to it, it was it was really well established about the you know these governmental people and who are they and uh, well, we don't think we like them so much. Yeah, and and what what's the deal with the wife? And I think it played out some some characters for us that they didn't give it everything to us at the beginning. Like think we back had to, to Sidney Poitier proving that he was a good investigator mm-hmm. and not just immediately stepping in and everyone going, ah, we should listen to this guy. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And right. he had to build credibility, and mm-hmm. this guy built it as well. Right. Uh, right at the beginning. Uh, was the frequency with which the military compared ideologies to diseases, which yeah. it was like the very first thing they do is they're 
doing a PowerPoint presentation on tree mildew. No, wait, it was not PowerPoint, Dan. Okay, I'm well, sorry. Yeah, the, but... the young kids are not going to understand it was a slideshow. Yeah, that's why I said PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, they were doing a Google Slides. <laughs> uh, but it's a little weird. And then he says, yes, the mildew on the trees, much like the poisonous ideologies that infect the youth. And we go, ah, I see what's going on now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, why the state police were talking about mildew on trees... Yeah, kind of go. Uh, it took him like a whole one minute for them to go, and also with the young people. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, so also the director opted to show the deputy had adulteries and conflicts with his wife to demonstrate he was simply a man. He gave him character flaws instead of making him to be the perfect savior of the people. Mm-hmm. He huh. did. Now, it wasn't brought up very much, and it wasn't terribly relevant to the plot. And it wasn't particularly explicit. Yeah, so without the Wikipedia article to tell me that, I would have just thought it was, eh, whatever. Why are you telling us that? But that that could lead you into some of the interesting editing, too. Correct. Uh, American viewers infer parallels between this film and an assassination that happened in 1965 that people know about from America. Well, wait a minute. I mean, when I was a little girl? Yeah, they used something slightly larger than a club, too. They did. The more long-range effect. Yeah. I have been to that place. Oh, you've been to the museum? Yeah. I mean, I was in Dallas. Dallas. There's not a whole lot to do in Dallas. Oh, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do in Dallas. I was struggling to find things to do by myself in Dallas while Mm -hmm. struggling with a motel room that I paid 30 bucks a night for and got what I paid for. But that's another story. (laughs) That's Uh, a different podcast. That's a different podcast. But... (laughs) <laughs> Some of the stylistic elements seemed to mimic the Zapruder film. Oh. Which is the film what basically broke everyone's wide open and mm-hmm. made all the conspiracy theories work. The director said that the film had not been widely circulated in Europe at the time, and it did not influence the production. Perhaps it just happened to be that the... It's the political climate, yeah, and it happened, and it happens to be you know styles yeah. and things that are evolving at and the same time. Honestly, it's so focused on this one issue. I would really think that, and based so much on real events, it would probably have diluted his vision to go. You know, we could also talk about this other political thing at the same time. That would have taken him off topic. Yeah, banana in the box. Yeah, not good. Uh, it was filmed in Algiers at one of the actors' suggestion hmm. uh, because of its Mediterranean environment, and the Ministry of Culture was accommodating. Which it's kind of always mean. helpful to have a little government help. Yep, she says. Uh, the which guy was this guy? Marcel Boussafi. Which guy was? I don't he? know. One there of the no thugs. No picture. I will never know. I believe he was the tiger. He was guy. Vago. He was always oh, Vago. He was Vago. Vago and Yago. Vago and Yago. He did yeah. his own stunts while wrestling on the back of the truck. Yeah. Due to the lack of budget for professional stuntmen. Wow. They, they also made comment that there were a lot of crew in the lesser parts. Sure. Yeah. For budget reasons. Yeah. I. I don't know that that hurt. That certainly didn't hurt the no, film. It no, it didn't. But it is interesting because. That's definitely the kind of thing that you get that now. Mm-hmm. No question. If your name isn't Tom Cruise, you get a stuntman. Right, mm-hmm. right. So do, are we going to talk about the filming yet? I'm jumping ahead. I Dan's giving me that I do look. want to talk about the music for one bit. Okay. One, how it was doing upbeat music whenever someone was confident 
and bring that back at the end. Really, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Two, the composer was Greek. Right. And under house arrest because of the junta and he didn't like them. And they didn't like him being the composer for this film. Because this is what you do when you're a controlling government, which is yep. ju- yet another reason that this film needed to be made, was because it was also a political statement. The Happy Youth and Who's Not Talking About Easter were among the poems adapted from Brendan Behan's play The Hostage. Mm-hmm. By referring to the Irish struggle under British rule rather than Greek realities, they offered a way to circumvent censorship. Mm-hmm. See? See, see, see. The see. Smiling Youth was also one of the nicknames of Lambracus. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. You see, kids, we live in America where you can speak your piece, put whatever you want on your podcast, and the government is not going to come and take away your computer. I hope they don't. I don't know what they'd need my computer for. But no. <laughs> there there have been other governments in other places and other times where you, uh, you can't speak ill yeah. of the government. So... Thing number one we're talking about, the thing on our actual list of awards I consider that it won for is film editing, which this did good stuff. I didn't know that that was the category going into this film, and I started talking about it, talking about the film editing during the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how good it was. It had both good cinematography of extended shots moving around people, Mm -hmm. but also we specifically talked about the use of... Uh, jump cuts during flashbacks, and even jump cuts during scenes where they, the 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 magistrate was uh, interviewing one person. Did this film ever? And then it would go to interview. fade or do any kind of cut other than a jump cut. I don't think We're so. We're looking at each other quizzically. I don't think so. Even even with the flashbacks, it was yeah. really interesting. Like the flashbacks, the the one that really struck me was the one where he was in the car. Getting when they they arrested him or whatever yeah. the one character and they were talking to him in the car and they would do these flashbacks to him being talked to in the car by a different person at a different time and it was almost like one conversation Melted. but it kept flipping back and forth yeah. and it was it was jump cuts yeah. it was there was no I mean it, it was like it was one conversation but it really wasn't because they timed the conversation well yeah. so it wasn't you. Uh, extended pause while we right. wait for you to realize okay we're back in the car now you can pay attention yeah it was mm-hmm. that there were and there were quite a few areas like that 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 mm-hmm. the timing of those edits were really well done the when we went from poor guy with his leg in a cast who was attempting to murder a guy in the <laughs> hospital and the next scene was him giving a testimony without the proper editing together of those clips individually both of them one ended poorly and one started poorly if that was all that had happened Mm -hmm. like if it had been just like a fade Mm -hmm. or a crosswipe Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. something because it one scene ended on a close-up of his leg in a cast Mm -hmm. which is the dumb way to end a scene Mm -hmm. right and the other one started on a close-up of him tapping his foot which is an okay way to start a scene but honestly probably not the most important thing we could be doing but the fact that it went one directly to the other, even though they weren't superimposed on top of each other, which would have been very cool, it was showing the exact same person in the same place mm-hmm. and allowed us to transition to the next scene. And allowed us to see that he was totally faking. Yes, it was the same leg. Because <laughs> he was a faker and he was faking. So this one, definitely one for film editing. And mm-hmm. having not seen the other films, I'm going to go ahead and 
believe that this one definitely could have and should have. One of the other things that was really interesting we noted that had to do with the music as well, and this is, you know, okay, for you young kids that don't know what typewriters are, there's the old school typewriters where you push a key and it pushes one letter at a time. Correct. Then there were IBM Selectric typewriters, electric typewriters that had a, instead of individual bars with the letters, they had a drop-in ball that would I've used one rotate. Of those. We used to have one of those, didn't we? No, we did not. Where did I use one of those? The, the, these drop-in balls would have different fonts, and the ball would rotate to make the letter depression. And they, at one point in time, the uh, the uh, uh, stenographer or the um, the assistant to the magistrate is taking notes on this typewriter and his typing because on these electric typewriters you could type pretty fast his typing was in time with the music it was the percussion to it the was music. the percussion mm-hmm. to the music and it was really effective yeah but but then pay attention kids because this person was making three copies of the same thing while he was typing that's with carbon paper. You'll have to ask your grandma about it. Yes. <laughs> and while you're there, ask them why printer paper used to have those little circles on the side. But that's, yeah. that, that oh, hasn't that's, been invented that yet. That hasn't yeah. even been invented yet. Right. So, <laughs> our first extra category is best actress. Oh, now, I thought it was Tang. No, we don't have to. No, Tang is not the best actress okay. in this film. <laughs> There are other orange drinks, Mom. It didn't have to be Tang. Tang was popular in America and not in France. I don't know. Also do, you, also, do you think that they... that They're, they're going to serve highfalutin drinks and it's going to be Tang? Well, <laughs> I, I, I was more thinking, do you really think they're going to let something that's popular in America be uh, over there in their Junta state? I don't think so. Probably not. <gasps> uh, it was Sunny... Actress. It was Sunny D. No, uh, it was Best Actress. And I... Who there, would be even considered for best actress? There was in this not show? a female lead there in this. I mean, nope. the wife was the closest thing you could even get to it. For the parts she was in it, I think she did a good job. She did, right. but she wasn't but in not it very a lead much. actress. No, but she had no. very little. Uh, I mean, even lines, even yeah. dialogue was essentially yeah. non-existent. Th- this was not a Judy Dench performance no. that would get you best actress. No, and unsurprisingly, no one was nominated. Uh, Maggie Smith got it this year. I think Judy Dench was best supporting actress for that brief time. Still. Still. Anyway. Uh, next one. Best picture, which it was nominated. So definitely, it definitely has hints of Oscar bait on it for being, you know, being serious, political. serious political social commentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that it was a foreign language film is barrier to entry for some film critics. Uh, well, but this is, you know, these are Academy people that are voting. They are, but at the same time, it's, it is an effort to work, to watch something with, you, you've never seen these actors before. You don't have any kind of context for how well they do. Uh, Roger Ebert, however, at the time of release, named it his best film of 69. Huh. It is about how even moral victories are corrupted. It will make you weep and it will make you angry. I would have to agree, and I'd say that this film, it 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 grabbed my attention, and it grabbed me, and it made me think about things. You know, we we during the film we talked about current political things. We talked about uh, you know corrupt governments. We talked about you know what how people will bend if they're if they're pushed. And it's 
I think it's it seems timeless like that. Yeah. Uh oh, we're thinking. Sorry. Uh, I'm here. I, it lists it one of the five top five highest grossing non English films. Wow. Uh, there's a thing hmm. I can look at if in a variety <laughs> article for the a top thing? sixty. Well, it's a variety article of the top 60 foreign language films in the U.S., and I'd have to open that up and scroll through it to see what was higher, and I believe Parasite and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon will probably probably be up there. So we don't need to look at that. Uh, so, yes, I think despite the obvious Oscar bait nature of the film, which mm-hmm. is not always a bad thing, I think it was a well-done film. Mm-hmm. And if you look at who else was up there, uh, Midnight Cowboy 1, Anne of the Thousand Days, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and Hello, Dolly. Oh, yeah. Like, those aren't bad films. Right, Mm -mm. right. But none of them, I mean, Anne of the Thousand Days, maybe? Is that that Anne of Green Gables? No, 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 no. Which Anne is this? This is something totally different. British period drama film. See what I'm saying? Yeah, so none of them were pushing the social commentary. Oh, no, Midnight Cowboy was. Was it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I do not know Midnight Cowboy. We'll get a lot of email for you saying no. Apologies. Yeah. Ah, John Voight. No, it yeah. totally did. It. I mean, that that was the film that was rated R. Then they changed the rating oh, yeah, to X. Then sorry. they changed it back to R. No, it's no, the no. only rated X film to win Best Picture. Apologies. But with an asterisk. With an asterisk. Yeah. It was changed R. And this was right after Oliver, mm-hmm. the first G film to win Best Picture. So, yeah. But none of them were the content of the film being politically right. charged. Like n- No, I think Midnight Cowboy was more... Uh, social in yeah. commentary, but that's. But I think that it definitely deserved to be on the list. I'm not sure mm-hmm. it could have or should have won, but this was a picture of the year that people should have watched. Mm-hmm. Probably and, not in our households yeah. when we were growing up, though. And the last one is best sound recording, mm. which it to me it didn't seem extraordinary in that regard. I mean, which at this point has become just best sound. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Uh, it was not nominated for it. It did not have necessarily particularly interesting sounds added. Mm-hmm. There was that one point where they were doing the extended flashback of the guys getting into the VW, mm-hmm. and the guy telling the story was voicing over himself saying it in the flashback, mm-hmm. and that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. And but other than that. Like, it was competent sound design. And that yeah. either means you did an okay job or you did the best job. Right, right, right. right. Because right. it wasn't If you never that... noticed the sound design, mm-hmm. you either did a fine job or you did the best job. And I think in this case, they did a... Which is not going to win you. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was an interesting film. I'm yeah. glad we watched it. Yeah. If you want to watch a socially relevant political film, this is a good one. Greek yeah. history in the 20th century. Yep. If you want to watch a film with glorified violence instead of just people hitting each other and it looks like it hurts, mm-hmm. don't don't watch this one. That's not what this movie is. Right. If you right. want to watch few things explode, go watch Battleship and then feel bad about yourself. You just watch Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, we've watched that one too. We've watched that. We I have. thought the violence in this one was very realistic. It was, which helped a and lot. And when the guys were getting beat up, they looked like they were bleeding clubs. because yeah. they got beat. Yeah, mm-hmm. rubber rubber clubs, but still, they it didn't look like oh, they yeah. were going right. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to almost hit you on the head. Now look like you got hit on the head. They're like, right. no, this is rubber. It's going to hurt fifty percent less. So I'm going to hit you twice <laughs> as hard. Yeah. Yeah. Ow. All right. All right. Are we done? I should have I get think my paper. We're done. 
because Dan was telling me to go. It did. We want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.